Today I want to talk about business tree. Business tree. Some of you may have heard me say that word before, use that term before, and may not fully understand exactly what it means, and that's why I'm going to take my time today to break it down and help you to understand. Business tree, and for subtopic, I want to use making a dollar while making a difference. Making a dollar while making a difference. And how to, the purpose of this message and teaching is how to develop, maintain, and maximize a successful business. Uh, how to develop, which is to start, how to maintain, which is to run it, and how to maximize, which is to grow it uh, into a successful business. The, so the concept of business tree came from a revelation that God gave to me while I was sitting in my barbershop one day and I was writing out the vision and the mission for the barbershop. And as I was writing it, I wrote the mission and it was grooming the inner man while grooming the outer man. Because I wanted to make sure that I implemented something that people could take with them besides, oh, that's a nice haircut. I wanted them to walk away leaving empowered in their mind, in their spirit, and even in their emotions. If they came in feeling down, I wanted to lift their spirits. And so it was my mission to make sure that I groomed the outer man, uh, groomed the inner man while I was grooming uh, the outer man. And the vision was to be a place of conversation, mentoring, coaching, spiritual learning, personal development, uh, financial literacy, uh, relationships, and, and more. That was it, the concept. Also to provide superior and exceptional barber services uh, and men's grooming products. And the last part is this is where it began to unfold. It, it was to be a dichotomy of business and ministry, both business and ministry, by demonstrating and communicating the ideas and principles of God through the music that was played, the conversations that were had, and the service that I provided. Now, the music, I had to make sure that I, I, I selected the right music. Not to say that I couldn't play whatever I wanted to. I mean, I, I could have. Uh, but in order for it to line up with the business vision and mission, I made sure that I played music uh, that was music that was empowering, you know, uplifting and not degrading, you know, or destructive. I made sure that the conversation, there were times when the conversation would go off the path, you know, because you can't control really what people talk about. But if you understand, you know, uh, the art of language, then you know how to turn conversations. And so, you're right, into, into the right path. And so that's what I used to do. And so in doing so, it gave me an opportunity to uh, empower people through conversation and to keep it on the right track, to keep it positive. And then what, what happened is that when other patrons who were uh, regular uh, clients would come in and people would start talking crazy and they'd be like, we don't talk like that again. You know, all because the vision and the mission was first pushed by me and then other people who understood it, began to take it on. And so that was the birth of business tree. It's the combining of the two words together, which is business and ministry. And when you put those together, you have business tree. Are y'all with me so far? All right. So I committed myself to the vision and the mission by praying before I opened for business. Every day I'd go in. I prayed before I opened the doors. I anointed not only myself, my head, and my hands, but I anointed the equipment that I was using, the tools that I was using. Because I wanted the Lord to be able to communicate and flow and connect with people 
um, unconsciously. Even when I, I didn't realize what I was doing, it was ministry that was flowing. And so I also uh, declared the vision and business declaration daily. I had declarations that I, I'd recite every day before I opened up for business. I also had quotes and scriptures written on the walls. It was also ministry because people, would, even children, would say, what does that mean? And I said, you read it and tell me what you think it means. And they read it and they say, I think it means this. And then I have an opportunity to share with them what it really meant or the deeper message or meaning behind it. And that was a quote or a scripture that they could take away with them and share with somebody else. Not only did I have the quotes, I, I prayed with clients. There were times when customers would come in and the, the Holy Spirit would just reveal to me that something was going on. There were times they'd come in and they just share it with me because they knew what I stood for. And so uh, some of them would hang around afterwards and pray. If some, some of them uh, asked for prayer or, or I felt like they needed prayer, uh, I would follow them out afterwards and pray with them outside, not in front of people. And uh, just different things to keep, the, the make, to make sure that I was maintaining the vision and the mission. Also, I advised customers, counseled them, uh, gave discounts to some customers, credit to some customers, and even some customers I, I would loan money to. Uh, because as led by the Holy Spirit now, I just wasn't giving folks money and free cuts uh, or credit either. But because uh, there's a lesson that has to be learned in everything, there has to be a purpose in doing it. So what is business street and what does it mean? So the word business street, and, and, and I do believe that sometime in the future we'll, we'll find this in the dictionary, but it's a noun. The word business street is spelled B-U-S I-N-I-S-T-R-Y, compound word, uh, business and ministry. Put those together, you have business tree. And the definition is the, the combining of a person's occupation, profession, or trade with the spiritual principles of their faith. Let me read that again. It is the combining of a person's occupation, profession, or trade with the spiritual principles of their faith. Business tree is incorporating ministry into your business. Business tree is incorporating ministry into your business. See, business is your service to the world. Ministry is your service to God. And so that's what we've got to understand, that we are called to do business and ministry. Or, and, but here's the thing. And I'm, I'm going to try to separate the two as clear as I possibly can. But we are called to do business separately. And we are called to do ministry separately. There are some people's vocation that, or occupation or calling that is stronger towards business. And what they have to do is find ways to implement ministry into the business. Now, because the call is stronger toward business, then the business is the main objective. Or do you see what I'm saying? So you have to make sure that it's ran as a business and, it, and it's accomplishing the business objectives. But at the same time, you have to find a way to incorporate ministry into the business. There are some people whose callings are stronger toward ministry. And in doing ministry, they have to make sure that they don't turn it into a, the primary focus on the business. Amen, there you go. But if we look at a large percentage of, men, of churches, we'll find that their main focus is business and not ministry. 
And it's not that you can't do it, but I'm going to show you there's a fine line there. And a lot of people have stepped over it or walked on it so long that it's nearly invisible. And you can't tell when you walk in there, are they running a business or a ministry? I went to a church, I promise you, Lord, have mercy. I prayed that, you know, that, it was, that they was doing all this under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. But when you walk in, they had a coffee shop and a breakfast bar. And they said a percentage of that went to helping missions. You got to do that right. Because when you have people who have never experienced ministry and they come and looking for Jesus and you you giving them breakfast, you know, at a cost. So, you know, these things are things that's kind of tricky. Now, I'm not saying God didn't call them to do that, but you better know that God called you to do it and you got to do it right because Jesus was in that turning over tables for this type of stuff. Now, you got to understand that when you read the Bible, there are only certain times that Jesus got mad. And it was only... When what people were doing was directly and consciously in opposition of what the kingdom was called to do. So that's why he had a problem with the scribes and Pharisees and he called them vipers, snakes, whitewashed tombs. He said, y'all clean on the outside, but on the inside you full of rotten dead man bones. Now this is Jesus talking. You know he had to be angry and passionate to say this. So we rarely see Jesus angered and frustrated to the point that his emotions uh, are expressed physically. But here they are selling the people. How can I say this? Okay, so people would come to Jerusalem every year to make these sacrifices. And when they would come, some of their sacrifices would die along the way. And what the money exchanges would do was they would have doves and it was set out as a marketplace. And they would have all of these goats and doves and different sacrifices that people could purchase, but they were overcharging them and adding a convenience fee. And it was probably all right if they made provision for them, you know, because they owned it, so it was all right. If they buy it, if there's lost, if there's died along the way, that they, yeah, it was, it was okay. But they were making a profit and a gain. They saw it as an opportunity to come up at the expense of God's people. And so that's why Jesus got mad. And that's why he came in and started turning over the tables. And he said, how dare y'all make my house a den of thieves when it's supposed to be a house of prayer for all nations. Are y'all with me? And so there's a thin line now that we have to walk. So we have to understand that business is your service to the world. But while you're doing your service to the world, you can incorporate ministry into it. And ministry is your service to God. And you've got to be careful about how you uh, try to bring business into it. Now, business brings income. Ministry brings fulfillment. A purpose. Ministry is the fulfilling of purpose. So business is designed to make you money. You know, that, that, that's, that's no um, argument about that. But it is important to understand that there is a distinction between the two. We are called to incorporate business into ministry, uh, ministry into business, but we are not called to use ministry for business, which a lot of ministries have done and still do. This is why it, God gave it to me like this. He, he called it business-tree and not ministry-ness. You see? And I, cause I, and I, I, I said, after I thought about it, I said, well, we could have 
you know, I could have did ministry and this and that would have been the same. And then the Holy Spirit said, no, it would not have been the same. Because what's happening is you've got to understand that business is, a, is, is the strongest priority here. And you bring ministry into it just like anything you do. Anything in your life that you are called to do or anything that you are responsible for, you are to attach ministry to it. It doesn't matter what it is. If you're a parent, you know, if you raise your children, you need to raise them and be able to minister to them while you raise them. You know, if you uh, run a community service, whatever it is that you do, if you teach, you know, if you're a police officer, if you, you know, and we can find people in every aspect of life that if they are really people of faith, they, are, they, they find a way to bring ministry into what it is that they're called to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. So it's important to understand that. So, uh, and the reason why there's a large percentage of church ministries today that are, uh, are a ministry nest or a ministry mess uh, is because pastors focus more on the bottom line of making money and running the ministry solely as a for-profit business. Did you get that? So they're running it at, like a for-profit business, but it's a non-profit business. So what happens is a lot of people are now going to seminary and business school so that they can merge the two. And they can cloak their business, their for-profit business under the non-profit of ministry. So one of the indicators that it is a ministry mess, I mean a ministry nest, is when the pastor lives like a CEO and the parishioners live like employees. Yeah, you've seen, you, you, if you're any, if you've, been, you've probably been to a ministry like that, well, he's a CEO. He lives very well, very extravagant. Yes. But the people in the ministry are the ones supporting, yes, right. doing all of the work. Mm-hmm. Remember, that's a fine line. Yes, you should volunteer. Yes, yes you should, sir. But at what expense? Yeah. But at what expense? So a ministry nest is a nonprofit organization. A business tree is a, a ministry nest is a nonprofit organization that acts uh, as a business. But a business tree is a nonprofit organization, and it is for it, it's a. A business tree is a for-profit company, but it, it understands that there are needs, spiritual needs, that it has to incorporate into its practices. So business tree is not, and I want, that's why I say I want you to understand the difference, because you don't want to go into business, tree, business thinking that it, you don't want to allow ministry to block you from running your business, if that makes sense. So... Business tree is not like it's not a faith based faith based marketing. It's not like you just market towards people of faith. And some people do that, and that's nothing wrong with that. But ministryness targets people of faith. That's why it uses the, the church. A business tree targets everyone, both believers and unbelievers. Proverbs twenty two and sixteen says, "A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children." Right, but the wealth of the wicked is what. Is later for the just. So that means that the wealth of the wicked has to be acquired. So you can't just be focused on people of faith. Now, if God has called you to start a faith-based business, 
then that's fine. But your target is going to strictly be for people of faith because folk who ain't saved and are not religious are not coming your way. So as a business, from a business perspective, you got to be careful because that could just block you from accomplishing or maximizing your business. So you, you can't make a huge difference in the world if your business only targets believers. Now, many pastors approach ministry from a business or a money gaining point of view because it's easier to use that platform of ministry to influence people to support them financially. And they can justify asking for money by twisting scriptures and playing on the members' emotions. Right? Yeah, I ain't going to go there. So, and most, so most preachers have trampled that thin line that I talked about to, to the point where you, you, you can't really tell the difference between the two, where the ministry or the business begins. So through the course of this teaching, I'll be sharing some fundamental keys and principles uh, to developing, maintaining, and maximizing a business street. And so the first principle of business tree is the business must belong to God. The business must belong to God. You must give your business to God. And you say, somebody may ask, well, how, how do I, I give my business to God? Uh, well, first, you got to understand that he owns the business. Because the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and they that dwell therein. So that means that all of this is God's. But he has allowed us to participate in what he has created. The same way with Adam and Eve. If you would, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 26. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 26. When God created the garden, he created it and place Adam and Eve into it to work it, to dress it, and to keep it. So whose garden was it? It was God's garden. But if he placed Adam and Eve in the garden, then he, in a sense, gave it to them, even though it still belonged to him. And so they were managers or stewards of God's garden, 1 Samuel chapter 1. So if God gives something to you, how do you give it back to him? And it's still been your possession. I'll show you. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, we find a story of Phinehas. And yeah, well, let me see if I can pronounce this right. Pit, Penina and Hannah. And so it starts off in verse 1. It says, Now there was a certain man of Ramathian, Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah. And so Elkanah had two wives, one Hannah and the other Peninnah. Now, Hannah was able to have children. But Peninnah was not. So when they went up to the temple, did I not read that right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. All right. So, all right. So Hannah had no children. So now, because Hannah had no children, she prayed to the Lord. She went every time she went up to the temple, she would make her request known to the Lord. And so 
when Eli saw her praying, he thought she was drunk because he saw her lips moving, but he couldn't understand what was coming out. He said, woman, it's not the time of day to be drinking. And then she said, I am not drunk. She said, uh, I'm, I'm praying because the Lord has not, that my, my, my womb has been closed. And I'm believing the Lord for a child. So it goes on and God provides her with a child and she makes this promise to God. And she says that if you provide me or if you allow me to have a child, if I find favor in your sight, I will give him back to you. If you give him to me, I'll give him back to you. And that's to be our attitude toward business, that God, if you do it for me, I'll give it back to you by making sure that I incorporate ministry into it so that it brings glory to your name. Now, in verse 26, she brought, in verse 26, it says, and she said, oh, my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore, how many people have gone before the Lord and said, Lord, just show me what it is that you called me to do. Lord, what is the business that you called me to engage in? Which one of my talents have you called me to use for business? What is my talent? And so we've gone before the Lord asking, but we've left out the second part of the request. Whatever it is that you have called me to do, Whatever my talent is, whatever business I, I'm called to engage in, I may not even know exactly what it is. I know I want it because I know you want it for me. But if you, when you give it to me, I promise to give it back to you. And so sometimes he won't reveal it until you make sure that you give you make sure that you let him know that I'm going to give it back to you. And so here she has a child. She told the Lord, I'm committed myself to the vow that I made. You've granted me my petition, which I asked. And in verse 28, it says, therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. And Hannah left her child after she had weaned him with Eli to serve as a priest or to be raised as a priest there in the temple and she would go and visit him yearly or whenever she could but she gave him to the Lord and so this is the same attitude that we must have with our business or anything that we engage in for the Lord that you lent it to me Lord so I'm going to lend it right back to you and so a business is like a baby to the entrepreneur you ever know some people call it their baby this is my baby I can't let anybody you know what I'm saying? Tell me what to do with it or how I should do business. It's my baby. And they protect it. And the ministry is the same way. Pastors do the same thing. They call it their baby. You know, this ministry, this is my baby. I, but then at some point, a baby grows up and other people have to touch it, handle it, take care of it, engage in assisting it to become, uh, uh, to, to grow and mature. And so, but there is a stage where it's a baby and you've got to understand how fragile and how protective a parent is of it. But when it gets to a certain point, you have to allow it to grow and allow others to participate in the process of rearing this child. Are y'all with me? Yes. 
And so that's the attitude that we must have. Now, even though God gave it to me, I can do whatever I want to do with it. But I choose to do what God would have me to do with it. So you can do whatever you want to do. If you notice, when God, when God created Adam and Eve, look, church made up all these rules. Because even the, 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 the nation of Israel, they asked for those rules. When they were in the garden, they only had uh, two rules. Who remember what those were? There was two trees in the garden. That's it. One you can eat from and one you can't. That ain't hard to do. And every choice in life comes down to that. Is this the tree that God said I can eat from? Or this is a tree that God said I shouldn't eat from. And so he gave them a choice. Told them, if, you know, if you, if you eat from this tree, then this is what's going to happen. As long as you don't eat from it, then this is what's going to happen. So even though the earth is the Lord and the food is thereof and those that dwell therein, he has given it to, he's given it to us to be stewards over it. So when the business belongs to God, we run the business as God wants it ran. First Corinthians four and two says this. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. What is a steward? It's a, it's a manager. It's someone who runs the house. That's literally what it what it means. I went and looked it up in the, in the Hebrew and the Greek. And it's the word orchonomous. And it also means a distributor. That means that it flows. You're just a distributor. It belongs to God, but it flows through you. And so we are just to manage it. So it, in stewardship, it's required that a man be found faithful. Faithful to the person who owns it. And so as a steward, we must give an account to God how we run his business. How are you managing the resources God has given you? How are you managing the money God has given you? How are you managing the talents, the gifts, and the anointings that God has given you? Turn with me to Matthew 25, verse 15. And we'll take a look at it. Matthew 25, verse 15. Matthew chapter 25, verse 15. Well, let's back up to 14. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own service and delivered his goods to them. So who owns the goods? The master. And who is the master giving the goods to or leaving them with? His servants. So to one he gave five talents, to another two and to another one, to each according to his own ability. Do y'all see that? And immediately he went on a journey. So that word ability means credit history. (laughs) 
Did y'all see it yet? See, we're going to talk about it. We may not get to it today, but we're going to talk about credit and how your credit score is, an in, is indicative yes, Lord. to your integrity and your dignity. It does not define you as a person, but it reveals to you where your integrity and your dignity is when it comes to making financial decisions. So he said, so the one with five could have said, hey, man, I've been working here the longest. Why have you given, why you give me one and you gave him five? Well, your credit score says that you really don't pay for back. And when you do, you're late. But the one with five talents, he, he never let He on point. As a matter of fact, he pays early. Uh, is anybody with me? And when you're doing business for God, you got to understand that your credit flows over into the character of the business. So you have to, we have to make sure that the life that we're living affects the business in a positive way and not a negative way. So immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. So what did he do with it? If he, he had to invest it to get a return on his investment. So Business is not just you providing a product or a service. Your business could be in investing. It could be in stocks. It could be in bonds. It could be in CDs. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. So he flipped his probably in real estate. Flipping house. Do, do you see all of this meat in, in, in here? And sometimes we just read through that and we, we think that, oh, he just gave him five pieces of money. No, it's, it's more than that. And so he could have flipped houses. He could have flipped cars. He could have bought a, uh, uh, something of value and restored it and sold it for a greater amount. But he did something with what God gave him. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground <laughs> and hid. It wasn't his money. He hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, okay, okay, let's, let's look at this. So one invested, one flipped. And one just say, See, if you're doing business, you're not in the business of saving money. You're in the business of making money. So that means that you're going to have to invest your money into your business in order to get a return. You can say, ooh, I made, I made, ooh, I made a lot of money this week. I'm saving this. <laughs> But then the business is going lacking uh, products and lacking tools and equipment. People you can pay with that money. You can bring hire somebody else onto the team. Are you with me? But one one invested, one flipped, and one saved. 
And so here God is telling us that when we do business, there are three things that we can do. We can invest it, we can flip it, or we can just save the money that we make. But, so, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with him. Remember, if your business belongs to the Lord, you're accountable to him. So whatever he gives you, he's going to double back around at certain times to check on the business. How's the business going? And so he stopped by to, to settle accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides what you had given me. I did something with what you gave me. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. Remember the scripture we read earlier? In stewardship, a man must be found faithful. So he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. If you want to know how to grow your business, you got to invest in it. You got to invest in it. You got to put something in it. More than what God gave you. You got to take what he gave you and make more out of it. So then he says, you've been faithful over a few things, so I'm going to make you rule over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides the two that you gave me. His Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will also make you rule over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, uh, 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 well, Lord, um, you know, I, I knew that uh, you to be a hard man, you know, reaping where you have not sown and and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And, uh, you know, really, Lord, I was afraid. Let me tell you something. You can't go into business with fear. You can't do it. And that's why many people don't. Because they're afraid of losing what they have. But which is greater? The regret of not trying? Or the risk that you could potentially do something that will blow your mind. Which is greater. See, you're going to have to suffer the pain of either regret or you can, is it possible that you can be successful at what God has called you to do? And fear paralyzed this man because that's what fear does. It paralyzes you. It keeps you stuck in one place because you're afraid if I make a move, this might happen. And so he said, uh, you know, Lord, I was afraid and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. 
Look there. You have what is yours. Fear will make you hide your talents. There are some people who can sing but won't sing because they're afraid of what people might say. There are some people who are hide their talents because they're fearful that it won't be accepted by people. They're afraid of what people might say. They're afraid of failing. But if you're going to venture out into business and do exploits for the Lord, you cannot allow yourself to be paralyzed by fear. And what it'll do is, I want to, I want to, if, if you're not careful, fear will paralyze you to the point that you cannot accelerate, that you cannot advance, that you cannot elevate because you're holding on so tight to the little that you have. And it's not enough. It's not enough. So instead of holding on tight to it and being scared to do something, that's right. And when you are investing with the Lord, you're not just taking a risk. You're taking a calculated risk because the numbers are on your side. God has never failed. Now, I'm not talking about you you may go out there and, and you may it may not work out the way that you thought it would. And you may have to start all over again. But I'm just telling you that as long as you stick with God and his plan, he ain't never failed. It's going to happen. How many times did the Wright brothers try to fly that, make that plane fly? How many times did Edison uh, try to, he, he, missed, he missed out on making the light bulb? I mean, you can read uh, every success story in business has some type of challenging story before the glory. And that's how it works. But with God, you can't hide like this man did. He, it said, he said, look, look at what God said to him. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited. <laughs> he, said, he said, the least you could have done is deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So he's giving him advice on how to run the business. He's giving him financial advice. He's saying that by you hiding it and not investing it or putting it into anything, you brought me back nothing. You wasted my time. Somebody else could have had those talents and could have been using them and could have had just the sense enough to know that even if you are going to put it somewhere, at least put it in the bank, even though, and listen, even though the bank is not going to be, you know, it's like one, two percent interest in a checking account. Or even in a savings account. At least you, at least I would have got back one or two percent interest. But you didn't do anything with it. And you want to ask me why I didn't give you five talents. Oh, come on, you got to come on with me now. See, God don't give you what you ask for, he gives you what you can manage. Y'all better come on here with me. I'm sure he said, man, I ain't going to do nothing with it because he gave John five. He didn't give me one. And then you get into a situation where you look at other people and you're like, what's so special about them? They can manage. That's all it is. And you can learn to do the same. And that's with your credit. 
Don't you know, I thought that, I, I just assumed that my credit would always just be bad. Because I looked at the amounts and the accounts, the derogatory marks, the student loans. And I said, man, I am not going to be able to pay all that stuff back. And then, you know, with that type of attitude, you're not. But the Lord revealed it to me. He said, there are so many resources that I have left in the earth for you. So you can actually go online and Google how to fix and repair your credit on your own and start making some progress. You can enlist the services of people who you don't have to pay too much money to help them repair your credit. But I've learned this, that you, got, you, better, do all, you better do it all together. Because you don't want to just pay somebody and not know what's going on. You need to be involved in the process so that you know how to fix it yourself if it happens again. Or to find out what you can do on your own without paying somebody else. And so he said, man, you should have put it in the, in the bank, man. And he said, therefore, take the talent from him and give it to the one <laughs> who has 10. Same one he was complaining about. I had to give it to him because he's going he's gonna to do what's right with it. He's going to make the most out of it. He's going to bring the greatest return. And in verse 29, it says, it says for everyone who has more will be given and he will have abundance. But for him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. So you can't trust in the little bit you have because it ain't enough. Because if you don't do anything with it, it's going to be taken from you anyway. So I ask you today, what are you doing with your talents? What are you doing to multiply what God is giving you. What are you doing with the passions that God is giving you? What are you doing with the desires that God is giving you? You know, the word desire means from the Lord. So when the Bible says that he gives us the desires of our heart, it's not saying that I make my desire known to the Lord and he'll give it to me. It's saying, know that the desire that you have in you was given to you by the Lord. So that means your desire to pursue your passion is not your own faults. It's given to you from the Lord. Your desire to do business is not your own faults or ideas. It was given to you by the Lord. Your desire to want to have more, to be able to do more, to be able to help more people, those are not just your good ideas because you connected to the Holy Spirit. Those were deposited in your spirit by the Lord. So you have to do something with what God has given you. 